0: Welcome to the Avail Podcast, where we dig deep and talk about the art of leadership. My name is Virgil Sierra, and today we're sitting down with Michael Turner. Michael is an author and the founding and lead pastor of Turning Point Church in the South Atlanta area. He has a passion for equipping families to live God first and helping restore the fatherless. So lean in as Michael shares insights from his leadership journey on topics such as ambitions, validation, identity, and affirmation. Let's get started. We are back on the Avail podcast, as always, bringing you good, practical, relevant leadership resources and conversations. That's our heart at Avail. And we are here with none other than Pastor Michael Turner, we are so pumped to be here with you, Pastor Michael. How you doing today?
1: Man, I am doing excellent. I am just pumped to be on the podcast today. I want to thank you guys for letting me come in and share and hopefully encourage, but just uh, doing,
0: doing great, man. Thank you. We love uh, the Avail podcast because we get to dig deep into what we call the art of leadership. And I'm excited, uh, Michael, for people to get to know you a little bit closer. You know, we're both pastors. We're both kind of on the front lines of ministry and and we're brothers in Christ and we're friends. So here's what I want to do. I want people to know who Michael Turner is. So for those who are leaning in and kind of getting to know who you are on this Avail podcast, let us know a little bit about who you are, where you come from and where you're at now.
1: Sure. Yeah. Well, born on the south side of Atlanta. So I am a Georgia grown uh, Southern boy. And um, 25 years ago, I married the woman of my dreams. I actually went on a blind date. It was my first blind date and my last one. So I got to marry the woman of my dreams. I had three kids. And uh, 19 years ago, we planted uh, a church with 12 people, a uh, turning point. And we've just seen God do so many amazing things over the last 19 years. And we love what we're doing. We love the local church. I love, I'm for uh, the local church. I love yeah. what I do and who I do it with. So yeah, that's... um that's a little bit about what I do and who I am.
0: I, I love that. I know that one of the things the Lord's has done is he's put, he's put books on your heart. We're going to talk a little bit about that, but I'm really excited to talk to you about just some topics that, that are helpful for leaders, you know, whether it's pastors, ministry leaders, uh, Christians who are leaders in their workplace, in the marketplace. Um, I love that. And I know that as pastors, yeah. we can talk about We could talk about this all day, Um, but I want to talk about something you brought up when we were preparing for this podcast, you you talked about the difference between sanctified ambition and selfish ambition. And I think that word is tricky. Ambition is a word that depending on how you kind of approach it, some people might like it or not like it. Can you talk to us about the difference between selfish ambition and sanctified ambition?
1: Well, you know, I'm not an expert on it and I'm definitely learning as we all are. So I don't even like the phrase, here's what I've learned because I'm still learning it. Right. Yeah. And when you think about the word ambition, ambition's not a bad thing. A- a- ambition in and of itself is not bad. I think it's identifying where the motive is coming from, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I think even scripture teaches this. Uh, Paul said in Philippians 2, 3, he said, don't do anything out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but rather do it in humility, preferring your others above yourself. And I just think that it's a tension that we have to be aware of. I don't know if it's a problem that we solve, Virgil, but it's definitely something that we deal with as leaders, you know? And I think so many times we can get into doing what we do just because we love Jesus, right? That's why we got into ministry. That's why we got into the kingdom. It's just because of Jesus. And our hearts can start out with that ambition, right? Yeah. But over time you know, you can from time to time fall into this thing called selfish ambition. Mm. And so I guess, you know, it's been said that there is sanctified ambition and then there's also selfish ambition. And so I think, you know, for us as leaders, we have to pay attention to that or we can find ourselves doing it for the wrong reasons and we're doing it from the wrong place. And then when we do achieve what we believe would be success, we can get there and we're still empty. You know, and it's like it's never enough when when you have that selfish ambition. And and yeah, we want to conquer, right? Like we want to take territory for God. I mean, we want to go higher. So, yes, pour out your life as an offering, pray hard, serve hard, you know, feed, lead, take territory for God. But at the same time, you got to make sure it's coming from the right place. Like my motive is to make Jesus famous, not make a name for myself, right? I, I want to do this because I care about people, not just platforms and followers and, you know, just accolades and all of the things that we believe will bring, you know, validation to our life. And so I think, you know, it's just, it's, it's being aware of that there's selfish ambition and sanctified ambition. And I just think we need to check our motives um, so
0: that we're 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 living and leading from the right place, Virgil. That's good. You know, it's funny because I'm that type of person. There's a drive in me. and I, and, and I tell my team, man, let's do let's yeah. go for it. Yeah. And, and I think I think there's a way to approach it in a healthy place, but I think it's easy to cross that line if we're not careful where where and you said it. It's the motive. It's the why. yeah, now you me- you mentioned a key word a second ago, validation what do you think are some of the common mistakes that leaders make when it comes to seeking for that validation? Because, I mean, I mean, I'm mean, i not going to lie. It feels good when people say, hey, that was a great survey. That was sure. an amazing message. It feels sure. good. but But what are some of the mistakes we make to fall on the wrong side of this as far as validation?
1: Well, I think when we begin to have impact, right, and we begin to see some results in our ministry, our hard work, our sweat, our prayers, right? We're reaching out to people. We're inviting people to Christ. We're praying for people, loving people, creating worship experiences, and we're preparing content, right? We're hearing from mm-hmm. the Lord and, and and our heart is to bless people and to serve people with our gift. Uh, but sometimes, you know, we can get to a place where we're actually seeing those results. We're actually seeing people respond to the word. We're seeing lives change. We're seeing people come up and saying, Hey, that changed my life. And man, that word was so powerful and you're an amazing communicator and, you know, and people can amen. And then when people start standing up, right, while you're preaching, you start feeling it. And, and it's awesome, right? It's, it's very powerful. There's nothing wrong with that. I just think that, you know, at least in my journey, I recognized where, sometimes uh, that act, that, that adrenaline can become addictive, right. Yeah, yeah. And, and you can begin to live for a response. And, and if people aren't responding, you know, you can even find yourself trying to, to provoke people to get a response, but you know, that, that adrenaline, it can become addictive, right. And you can, you can actually start desiring to hear those amens, right. Those validations of what mm-hmm. I'm saying. It's connecting. That it's relevant. That it's it, that it's true. That it's you know it's adding value to you. And and, I, and I, I think we have to be careful of that. You know whether it's platforms we get invited to. You know yeah. at other churches, conferences, places like that. And and if we're not careful, we'll begin to believe that if I could be on that platform, if I could be you know uh, in that conference, if I could be in that circle, it, it's the, it's just the old you know deception that those things are going to bring validation to my life. And I think that we've got to come to the place where we've got to crucify, I think those selfish ambitions, we've got to crucify mm. this desire for celebrity status. Cause I really believe Virgil that it's crushing people. You know, I really yeah. believe that it's discouraging people. I think we fall into the sin of comparison and, and, and we start, we, we have a, an incredible Sunday, lives are changed. And then we get on social media and we see somebody post about their day and they're showing pictures. And all of a sudden, the joy you had is challenged and, and we're comparing. And so I, I guess it's just coming back to realizing at the end of the day that I am fully known by God and that I'm fully loved by him. And at the end of the day, I want to make sure that I've done it with the right motive. And it's to make Jesus famous and, and not, not seeking that validation from an amen. I, I guess I'd say it like this. I, I want to live my life for a well done, good and faithful servant. Mm. I'm not living for an amen. If I never get an amen again, my ambition, as Paul said, is to preach Christ or he's not been known, right? So th- I think that's where we got to come back to, Virgil, is we're preaching the gospel uh, so that people can be saved, so that heaven can be fuller, so that lives can be changed. And we're doing it uh, to hear,
0: well done, good and faithful servant. That's good. You know, I, I can't help but think that, that I think every pastor would say amen to, amen, Michael, what you just said is right on. I think nobody, I don't think anybody would disagree with that. And, and yet, and yet, we see pastors and leaders kind of fall into the consequences when they don't keep this issue in check. Um, you know, you mentioned comparison, right? You know, uh, dissatisfaction, you know, you know, what are some of the consequences you've seen throughout the years of your leadership? You know, whether it's up close or all around with leaders that don't keep this in check.
1: Well, I think just going back to motive, I think that you live unfulfilled, Mm -hmm. Um, every, every, every goal that you hit or perhaps, uh, things that you feel like you're supposed to, to conquer and take territory, it can leave you empty. Um, it can leave you, I think fearful, you know, I can be honest with you, um, that we want to grow. And I remember back in 2012 when our church, uh, we had moved into our first construction uh, permanent construction and uh, we just began to see a surge for I mean for at least three to four years we had I mean incredible growth 20 thirty percent growth and it was amazing. We were in five services and it was exciting and 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 we pray for those things, right we pray for revival we pray for a harvest. but man, I'm gonna tell you it, it went so fast that um, it got chaotic, you know and 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 I can be honest with you, I I was I was getting to an unhealthy place. I mean, preaching five times on Sunday. Yeah, I was wore out. Like I wasn't in a good place, and then it leaked into our team, uh, and 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 the growth outpaced our health, and and it really caused uh, poor communication. Uh, Our team was wore out. Our team was exhausted. It put a strain on my marriage, and 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 even as a father, which I love being a dad, and so I guess you know it's just realizing that you don't ever want something that God hasn't graced you for. You know, if you don't Mm -hmm. have the grace for that next level, uh, you want to make sure that you're in pace with God's grace, because if you don't, you could get there and it can actually be, you know, more destructive. And I think it can, you know, because pressure, Virgil, you know, this pressure will reveal leaks. It'll reveal weak spots. Like if you've ever sure. had a hose in the garden and you were going to wash your car with it, you turn it on and all of a sudden you see a few streams kind of, you know, shooting out of the the hose. Well, you didn't know it was there, right? Until you turned mm-hmm. on the pressure, Yeah. but the pressure revealed the leaks. And so I guess just to answer your question, I, I think that it's just trusting the process that if God wants me there, he's going to get me there. If God wants to elevate me, so I don't have to live with, you know, always wanting that next level and that more. In other words, I'm so focused on my next, I can't even celebrate my now. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Does yeah. that make sense?
0: It, it does. does. Yeah, you know, you said something interesting. Uh, our growth can outpace our health. And I think, I think yeah. that's what happens in many cases, which again, growth is a, is, is a good thing. Growth is not a yeah. bad thing. But when we are not healthy, uh, when we're not, when not, when we're not ready and prepared for that growth, it can, it can outpace us. Um, I want to, I want to uh, kind of on the same, same line of conversation we're in right now. Uh, you wrote a book some time ago called Watch Me, Daddy, The Cry of a Generation. Can you share with us a little bit about the heart behind that book? Sure. Be glad to.
1: Yeah. So I was uh, raised by a single mom and when my parents were eight, I, I was eight, my parents got a divorce. And, um, so it was just a way of life for me, right? It was just me and mom's only child. Uh, she wanted other kids, couldn't have kids. So it was just she and I. And, um, so I grew up really without a father present in my life. And, you know, I was into sports. I had good grades. Um, felt like, I, you know, had a good head on my shoulders. But as I got a little older, I began to get into the wrong things and I began to get into the wrong places. And I began to seek validation, uh, through, uh, the right girlfriend, the right status, uh, and then the right crowd. And, you know, I found myself, uh, struggling with a life of addiction, dysfunction, no Mm. vision, no purpose, no hope. I was angry. I, I was a young 20 something with no direction, no work ethic, just full I mean just full of destructive habits destroying my life uh, in fact I ended up in an emergency room after a binge of drugs and alcohol for three days straight and uh, thought I was gonna die and wow. I, it was in that moment that I realized that uh, I wasn't ready to meet God and, and so that was kind of a turning point in my life and as I came to Christ, I began to realize that I was missing something in my life. My 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 pastor had a, had a son who was serving with him in the ministry. And I just envied that father-son relationship. And then I realized in my own life that that was something that was missing. And I began mm-hmm. to get angry towards my dad. Long story short, uh, God really helped me pull the plank out of my own eye and to go to my father and have a conversation with him. And uh, I told him how I felt. He apologized. He was actually in deep depression, but I took hmm. a Bible to him and, and shared Christ with him and gave him some teaching tapes that I was listening to. You remember teaching tapes, right? The yep. tape series. <laughs> and so I shared some tapes with him. Long story short, he uh, gave his life to Christ and came and got became a part of our church that I was in. I was a youth pastor and actually asked me to baptize him. And so wow. God did this this miracle of restoration in our life. But when I started having my own children a few years later, uh, I, I I loved being a dad. I couldn't wait to be a dad. And we were on a playground one day and uh, my children have got three and they were probably six, four and three. And they were all just kind of calling my name and they were going, daddy, daddy, watch me. And I was like, what's the deal? Like I can't watch all of, and it hit me that, Even as children, we want a father that's that's present. We want a father that's watching our life. We want our dads to see us excel and take risks and and take this journey as we just live an audacious life of, you know, uh, of courage and, you know, taking risks. And so it just hit me. The Lord just reminded me that that's what everybody needs and everybody really wants. But in our world, fatherlessness is it's just off the chain, you know. Uh, it's it's a huge issue in our nation, fatherlessness. So I began to look at all these stats and studies about the results of fatherlessness connected to uh, high school dropouts, drug mm. use, poverty, sickness, teen pregnancy, uh, incarceration. And I'm looking at this list and I'm going, yeah, yep. I hit that one. Yep, I did that yep. one. And it was like. <laughs> and so anyway, so I felt like I needed to speak to fatherlessness. And so that's kind of the, the idea that it, it it's birthed in. But it really speaks to Virgil, if I could say this. It's not just a book for dads. Like sometimes we look at that and they go, oh, that's for dads. Well, no, really, I think it's, it's birthed out of anybody who's ever gone through divorce. Because mm. uh, it's very painful as a child. It's very painful to see. Uh, your parent with another spouse, and, and it 's very hard as a child to try to understand that anyway. so I, I, wrote, I wrote this this idea of how do I overcome that? How do I forgive a father? How do I forgive you know, a parent? How do I still show honor to them? Uh, how does God use it? I even speak to single moms uh, because I was raised by one. And how they can continue, they can raise up a Timothy, you know, uh, Timothy's mom, uh, Lois and Eunice, it was their faith, Paul said, that was transferred. And so we don't know if Timothy had a dad, but we know that Timothy had a spiritual father, right? And so the word, the, the name Timothy means one who honors God. And so I talk about in the book how when we're connected to God, connected in the local church, that God, you know, will raise up. Uh, sons and daughters, and so I speak to that. I speak to identity, uh, and then there's a little bit also, Virgil, about how to show and express love as a father. And uh, but ultimately, it's about the everlasting Father watching our life. He's never taken his eyes off of us. We're the apple of his eyes that he's for us. He's with us. He wants to heal us and restore us. And when we get that relationship right, it's the foundation, I think, for us to succeed in every other relationship in life. So that's what the book is about. And I, um, yeah, so it's basically a life message for me.
0: That's good. Yeah, yeah. I know that I know that the whole kind of the heart of a father to restore the fatherless has been something on your heart. And, and let me just say that really resonates with me in the last, I was in the last two years of my life and my, and my ministry. Um, I've really felt and sensed a need, like an urgent need for more spirit, for more fathers and mothers, to be yeah. honest with you, for more for sure. in, in the spiritual sense, right? In the spiritual sense in, in our church, in our communities, uh, men and women who who would be willing to, to, to play that role for so many whether they didn't have one, whether they had one that was physically present and, and emotionally absent, you know, and, or whatever it is. Yeah, this is yeah. so important. And, and, and something you talk to, and I know you talk to it in the book, you mentioned a little bit right now is, is the importance of a father when it comes to identity and affirmation. Can you just touch yeah. on those two? Identity sure. and affirmation.
1: Sure. Well, I'll say this. Matthew 317, when Jesus was baptized, a voice from heaven said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. So before Jesus ever did a miracle, before he went into ministry, he had the validation of his father. This is my beloved son. So father was pleased with him before he ever performed anything. Hmm. And and I really believe it was an identity issue that the humanity of Jesus, because he was 100 percent God. He was 100 percent man. And I think it was that voice of the father. I think one of my spiritual fathers, Bishop Bronner. Uh, taught me this. He said that the heart of a son is shaped in the breath of a father. Woo. And so I think when you have fathers speaking into your life, and I know for me, I never had a dad that said, son, I believe in you. I see mm. this in you. I see that in you. But God put me under some a, a spiritual father. And then he gave me a couple of father voices in my life who laid hands on me and called me son I, I'm just telling you, when I started, become, when they started calling me son and I believe in you and empowering me in leadership and Big. speaking life over me, it just brought healing and fire. And, and, and just think about it. When Jesus realized who he was as a son, he realized what he could do. And I think when we discover our identity as a son and a daughter, I think we'll realize what we can do and we'll, we'll not be trying to pursue titles, Virgil. I think if we realize the highest title in the universe is son or daughter. We we don't have to jockey for position. It's not about a title. My identity comes not from what I do, but who I came from. And when I when I hear his voice and I realize that I'm fully known by him, that I'm fully loved by him, then it gives me security to know that it's not about my performance, it's about my position. It's not about my behavior. It's about my birthright, and I just mm. feel like it, it brings a freedom to people, and, and I think that that's really huge. And, and back to your point, you know, I do believe God is raising up spiritual fathers. In fact, I've been fathered, and now I'm in a season where I'm fathering, and and, and so it's 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 a it's a game changer. It's a total yeah. it's a, it's a game changer for sure.
0: Yeah, I think this is important for leaders to hear, um, pastors to hear. I think it's easy. Um, I think it, would you agree, Michael, that it's easy when you're the lead leader, for example, or the lead pastor, you know, you know, in the church, it's yeah. easy to think I got to father, a lot of people, but forget. I need some fathering. T- I need somebody, somebody's sure. voice in my life. Obviously the Lord is number one. He is our heavenly father. Sure. And we, in that relationship with him, that vertical connection with him is, is key and, 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 and is essential. And, and, and that will cover anything else, but man, isn't, and you just mentioned it right now, when you have, when you have some 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 in our cases some men that have been a little further down the road than us maybe doing a little longer you know and i found that spiritual fathering isn't so much an age thing uh sometimes it's sometimes sometimes i've seen somebody who's younger spiritually fathering somebody who's older yeah and uh, sure and and i think i think sometimes we don't realize that can you speak to that michael just the fact that especially lead pastors and lead leaders we shouldn't be isolating ourselves right. and that's one thing you said you you said when we kind of prepared for this is one of the important things for leaders is don't do life alone yeah. and 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 i think one of the ways we do that is kind of inviting and seeking out some people to speak into our lives Whether you're an innovator in ministry, business, or your community, Avail Plus is designed to take you to the next level. What is Avail Plus? It's an exclusive leadership resource that offers access to brand new premium resources like books, study guides, and masterclasses. It's a chance to connect with other leaders on live calls and classes. It's early access to materials no one else has held in their hands. It's the catalyst to your next season of growth. As a leader. To find out more about how you can become a member of Avail Plus, head over to theartofleadership.com forward slash Avail Dash Plus.
1: For sure. You know, and I and I love just some of the circles that I've been in and, and I've actually initiated uh, you know contact with. And and I'll just say, um, you know, organizations like ARC, the Association of Related mm-hmm. Churches, their whole, their whole You know, statement is don't do ministry alone. You know, it's Mm -hmm. about connecting pastors that were in the kingdom, and so I would encourage every pastor to be a part, find their tribe. You know, there's a lot of great church planning organizations and networks, and I would just say find one that resonates with you, and then take initiative. Uh, We 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 don't we don't naturally by design move towards community. Our default is to isolate. You know, Mm -hmm. and especially pastors, we pour out and we want to we want to. We, we want to, you know, isolate, and and I would just say that we need to be intentional. Uh, every father voice that I have in my life, every overseer, it's because I initiated the contact. Yep. I initiated that effort. I, I realized that I need to get to places I can't get to on my own, and I realized that God puts authority in my life to help me get there. And so when I honor that. You know, it helps me to get to places that I never could. So, I would just say you need mentor, you mentors, you need father voices in your life. Uh, just connect in a relationship. Reach out. You know, you 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 can have success, and sometimes it'll just be organic. It'll be right in front of you. And and so, I would just say every pastor needs to initiate. Uh, not only, you know, in the area of mentoring and overseeing, but just peers, you know, it's like one guy said, you've heard this before, Virgil, we all need a Paul in our life, right? Mm -hmm. That's fathering us. We all need a Barnabas in our life. That's a peer, right? That we can, Mm -hmm. you know, learn from, glean from, share with, and then we need Timothys in our life that we're pouring into. And, And I just think it's important as one of my mentors taught me, he said, there's gotta be somebody in your life, Michael, that knows your secrets. Yeah. If, if you're the only one that knows your secrets, you're in trouble. And so you've got to have people in your life that you're not trying to impress. You can show you can bear your weaknesses Talk about your struggles. You know, James says to confess your sins one to another that you may be healed. So we confess Mm -hmm. to God. You've heard this for forgiveness, but we confess to others for healing. And so I just think it's it's so important for us as pastors because we carry so much stuff and we can't vent to our team. We can't be venting to our family. So we've got to have those places where we can be raw, real and vent. And this is what we teach our team. We never vent down. (laughs) You always vent up. And so I think it's, it's essential for our health,
0: Virgil. That's good. Um, I want to ask, before I ask you for just a couple of like, just some practical tips and advice for this, you know, let, let me just ask you, why is it, why is it that so many leaders, so many pastors fall into the trap of isolation? We know that it's better not to do that and to live, to not do life alone, but why does it happen? Why do you think? Well, I
1: think sometimes it is just, like I said before, it's our default, Mm. um, because we pour out so much. Like for me, I guess for me, you know, and this is why I think, uh, even self-awareness, self-discovery, knowing your personality mm-hmm. makeup, you know, whether it's the disc test, the Myers-Briggs, the Enneagram, uh, mm-hmm. it's important to know yourself, um, so that you can lead yourself. And, and so, and then others can know how you're wired too, so that they can bring accountability in your life, but also so that they can give you grace. For instance, uh, My wife uh, is an Enneagram seven and she's an eye on the disc test. So when she's around people, people fuel her. She can talk. She's the last one that leaves church. I'm in the car waiting on her because she loves to talk. (laughs) So she's fueled by it. For me, I love people. Uh, But I have a capacity where there comes a point where I've talked and poured and talked. And then I have to kind of pull away to replenish. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I've got to be careful, though that I don't use that as a justification to always sure. do that um, because I do feel like we can pull away in isolation. I think sometimes it's insecurity, Virgil. Uh, yep. We feel like if we get around other guys, we're going to feel even more insecure. I yep. think maybe if we get around other guys, we'll have to share. And, and so many mm-hmm. times, just as men, uh, it's, it's amazing. One stat that I read about said that 70% of men don't even have a best friend. Wow. Wow. of men don't have a best friend. And so that's why as men, we've got to be aware of that, especially as pastors, because if we get alone, we're going to get alone with our thoughts Mm -hmm. and and we're going to, we're, we're going to set ourselves up, I think, uh, for possible temptations, uh, discouragement, uh, and, and, and that isolation keeps you in the cave. And so you got to come out of the case, you know, and I I would just encourage pastors to realize that about ourselves. And we've got to have the coffees. we got to make some friendships. We need to do a date night with a friend. We need to have a tribe that we connect with, that we, you know, we go to conference with um, and and to do life with other pastors, because as you said, we are
0: not created to do life alone. We is greater than me. And so, yeah, yeah. That's good. As we, as we kind of come to the final stretch here, and then I'm going to ask you a few off the cuff questions, but final stretch here. Do you have any advice, practical marriage advice for pastors and leaders who are married? Any, any practical advice from your experience and just on your heart for marrieds? Yeah, for sure. Well,
1: you know, I I have to say that God really graced me with an amazing wife. Um, and you know, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and finds mm-hmm. favor from the Lord. And so I, I want to be honoring of her because she's always been so willing to say yes, to follow me, to trust me, to love me, to encourage me and validate me. I mean, she'll always say, uh, Michael Turner, you're a good man. You're a great husband. You're a great father. And so the first thing I would say is just make sure that you are affirming and building up your spouse. Uh, Don't just assume that they know these things, but be intentional. Uh, Speak life over them. Speak encouragement to them. Uh, Make sure you're communicating. Make sure that you're prioritizing date nights. Make sure that you're prioritizing time away from the kids if you have kids. Um, You know, for us... We've had a rhythm of we'll do two weeks a year with the kids, but one week a year. And this has been 20 plus years since we've had kids one week a year. It's just us. So it's being intentional to continue to build each other up, pray for one another, uh, you know, bring that affirmation, bring that appreciation, bring that validation. That communication is huge. And then I think just being intentional with your date night. Right. Go have fun. Enjoy it. And, and then also prioritize uh, your time away. And I think those rhythms will help us to have health and longevity because ministry is hard. Uh, and I know, especially my wife being a co-founder, um, and she's so much one of her top five strengths and strengths finders is empathy. Okay. Mm. Mine is not empathy. Mine is activator, influencer, let's go. But hers is empathy and she's great with people. She cares. She feels it deeply. And, and so when, when things happen in ministry, she feels it deeper than I do. And and so it's important that I identify that as a man and I don't be like, Oh honey, let's get over it. Like shake it off. Let's get going. But I'm taking the time to, to, to affirm that. Uh, her emotions and her feelings. And then, you know, as the scripture says, wash her with the water of the word, right? Like you're supposed yeah. to bathe her, not, you know, pressure wash her. And <laughs> so, just I guess for me, I, I think that's those are just some practical things I believe as pastors we can do, you know, to help us have healthy marriages. Because if the marriage isn't healthy, you know, this, yes. it leaks into the kids, it leaks into the team, it leaks into the church. And our yeah. churches can only be as healthy as our marriages, and so I yeah. think our marriages, Virgil, if we do them right—not perfect—but yeah. if, we, if we do them right, <clears throat> those are going to be the things that speak the loudest. And that's just my goal: is I want to finish faithful, I want to finish strong, man. And yeah. so, yeah, I would encourage pastors to f- remember that's our first ministry, right? As one guy told me, if you don't do—if you don't do marriage right, you don't get to do ministry. Ministry yeah. is a joy this is your first ministry and so i i've taken those things to heart and i think that we could all benefit from that for sure
0: yeah that's good you can't lose that marriage and win that ministry right you can't that's lose right. marriage and win in life it's that's it's, right it doesn't make sense um this is good this is good all right i want to do something off 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 the cuff all, all right. right here we go i'm, I'm putting music go. on here come on <laughs> so here's a question Got kind of my like jazz music back here all right so here's the question. first question what do you like to do for fun What do I like to do for fun? I like to, this is going to
1: sound crazy, uh, Uh but I like to go downtown to the city and get a hotel room up high overlooking the city, go shopping. I know that sounds (laughs) crazy. I don't have a Harley. I don't have a boat. I don't have fishing (laughs) gear, but I like to shop. So me and my wife shop, and I'm not ashamed. We like to shop, (laughs) and we like to go eat good food, and then we just have a time. Uh, That's my number one thing that I love to do for fun.
0: I like it. I like it. All right. All right. What makes you laugh?
1: I think, uh, wit and cutting up. I, I love to, um, cut up and I love to be able to take off the, the, the Superman cape. And I like to just be goofy and silly. And, and, uh, Uh so my closest friends and my kids, even now, uh, they like it when I get silly and goofy. So, I think just cutting up with those who are closest to me is is
0: what makes me laugh. I like that too. I like that. I like that. All right. Next one. Next one. Any hidden talents or something you're really good at? Hidden talents. Well, you
1: know, I, I, I think if I could, I think my wife would back me up and and those who know me, I have a hidden talent. I can dance pretty good. Uh, (laughs) Being, a white boy from South Metro <laughs> Atlanta. I grew up around diversity, but I, I think God gave me just an ability to to, to dance. You got, you got rhythm. You got you got yeah. You got yeah. the So when you said I'm going to play music, I'm, I'm restraining myself right now from not moving. See, because that move that that music just makes me, you know what I mean. So yeah. In all seriousness, that's probably a hidden talent that you got uh, the moves. All right, now are you like a break dancer? Like, is there something like specific? Well, or you know, I grew up in the '80s. Shout out to the '80s, and so. Yeah, back in the day, not not today, not no break today. All I right. can do other things, but I don't quite
0: move at fifty two <laughs> like I did at fifteen. So, all right, all right. Last two questions. This was a little more serious. Okay, what what breaks your heart as a leader, as a leader, and as a pastor right now?
1: What breaks my heart is when believers. Um, throw other believers and churches and pastors under the bus on social media. Mm. Um, That breaks my heart when we are so more interested in us being right at Mm. the cost of division and causing other people who believe in a place and in a leadership where God's changed their life to throw mm. question in there and, and, and to suggest mistrust or a lack of integrity or whatever, just yeah. to make themselves look better. Yeah. That breaks my heart because I realize that impacts lives it impacts souls. And it's just, yeah. it's,
0: so anyway, that breaks my heart. Yeah. That's just one yeah. of the things that's just off the cuff. Sure. And off the cuff, last one, what excites you right now as a leader, as a pastor, what excites you about the future and what you're seeing?
1: What excites me right now, I think, is my children are 21, 19, and 18. And they're they're finally starting to embrace the vision of the kingdom and mom. the church here locally. And they're involved, they're engaged. One of my sons is on full time staff. My daughter's part time. My other son is in they're, they're about to launch young adults. So I'm very, very excited about yeah. them coming alongside mom and dad and embracing the vision because that's just the way I feel like God wants mm-hmm. it. And so that's what I'm excited about. And the return of the church. I mean, people are coming back. People are excited, man. People are hungry for God. And, (laughs) and I'm just,
0: so yeah, I'm, I'm excited about that as well. I love that. I love that. Um, I want to, as we're wrapping up, I want people to know where can they find the, your book, watch me, daddy, the cry of a generation. Where can they find that?
1: Well, I happen to have a copy. This is what the cover looks like. It's on Amazon Uh, so if you go to Amazon, you will find it there. That's a, you can get a hardback or I believe the ebook as well. Uh, but that's basically, you know, the main place that I think people would go, would be there. Uh, you can reach out to me on social media if you want, uh, P Michael Turner on Instagram, uh, pastor Michael Turner on Facebook. And then the, Mm -hmm. the church website, uh, you can also reach out there too
0: at turningpoint.church, turningpoint.church. So there you go, everybody. You can connect with Pastor Michael Turner. You can go on Instagram, P. Michael Turner, Facebook, Pastor Michael Turner, turningpoint.church for more information on this amazing church. And you can find his book, on Amazon, which is Watch Me, Daddy, the Cry of a Generation. Um, Michael, this has been an awesome conversation. I know that here on the Avail team, we want, we want to hear more from you. So I, I, know, I know we're going we're gonna to be hearing more uh, from what God is doing in your life. And, uh, and I want to mention one more thing. I don't know if you've had a chance ever, Pastor Michael, to hold an Avail journal, one of these leadership magazines in your awesome. hands. But we, I mean, is this, is this good quality or what? It's powerful.
1: Such great content. I mean, it's just it's to the point. Great topics. Great, uh, great content. Great, great uh, leaders speaking.
0: So, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, leaders, make sure if you haven't done so, claim your free annual subscription of the Avail Journal by going to availjournal.com. I think personally, this is the best leadership magazine out there right now. Great quality. Great content. Looks good. Feels good. You're not going to be disappointed. Free. Plus, we're giving it to you free for a year. Come on. Availjournal.com check it out. Pastor Michael, it has been an honor and a privilege uh, on behalf of our Avail team, on behalf of Dr. Sam Chand, Martijn van Tilborg, everybody who's behind the scenes on Avail. We just want to tell you we love you, appreciate you and we honor you, brother.
1: Likewise, Virgil, thank you so much for having me, man. You got you guys are amazing and you have just uh, made this such a joy. I I've, I've loved this. I'm honored. Thank you. Awesome. Hey,
0: leaders, I hope you've been encouraged by this time with Pastor Michael Turner. There's more about him. Go on social media, follow him, P. Michael Turner on Instagram, Pastor Michael Turner, Facebook, turningpoint.church website, and check out the book. Check out that book, Watch Me, Daddy, The Cry of a Generation. We hope you've been encouraged by this leadership conversation with Michael Turner. Catch you next time right here on the Avail Podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Avail Podcast with our guest, Michael Turner. You can connect with Michael on social media and by going to turningpoint.church. For more leadership resources, check us out at theartofleadership.com and make sure to claim your free annual subscription of The Avail Journal at availjournal.com. If you'd like to connect to our growing leadership community on Facebook, visit availleadershipconnect.com. As always, I'm your AVAIL media host, Virgil Sierra. Muchas gracias. Thank you for connecting with us to learn the art of leadership here at the AVAIL podcast.